Welcome to Sin 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Hey everybody, Kevin Miller here with Sarah Main, our incredible producer. Matt Hall, you're around? I am here. Cool. I am prepared to have the most fun we have ever had on our podcast. Yes, we have a couple guests with us today, which we will introduce in a moment. But before we do that, we want to read a review that was sent in from one of our listeners. This man, he sent in a review and he texted Kevin and let Kevin know that his wife has been praying for people she meets more often and sharing her faith more often because of listening to the podcast and that he's been helped in that way as well. And he said, I think the work you're doing is really valuable and you are uniquely equipped to do that. So thank you to that person. We're keeping it anonymous today, but we really appreciate that person and their family and just all of our listeners. That one's so important to me because that's why we're doing the podcast. This is two regular folks trying to help regular folks just be more intentional and effective in sharing their faith. So that's the core of what we're trying to do. For sure. And we're excited Kevin, who are our guests today? These are two young entrepreneurs who have a podcast called Cultivate and Keep that I listen to and I have been impacted by. So you guys got to listen to that one. Other than that, Jeremy's a drummer. Corey and I walk down the streets of Guatemala together with his uh, not-then-wife, Monique. Why don't I turn it over? Corey, how would you introduce Jeremy Lebon? I would describe Jeremy LeBon as a serial entrepreneur who got his start actually acquiring businesses, which is an untraditional path to entrepreneurship. But he has a event rentals company, he has a moving company, he has a staging company, more that are in the works, in the future, behind the scenes. He's the the mastermind behind a lot of the uh, event stuff and moving stuff. Did I get it correct, or am I? I think close? you uh, made me seem cooler than I am. That was that was good. <laughs> That's the intention. Most people like undersell themselves. They don't want to. So I think that's why it's nice to uh, be able to introduce someone else. Well, my turn to uh, oversell Corey. Corey is an online, in my perspective, an online business entrepreneur, fill in the blank. (laughs) All things tech, all things software, uh, marketing, genius, Twitter, famous. (laughs) Probably stop there, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that pretty much sums it up, yeah. <laughs> well, and can you just say just a little bit about the podcast? What's the purpose of Cultivate and Keep? Yeah, so what we're 145 episodes in now as of this recording, as of our last published date, essentially the way it started was trying to help each other become, sort of just explore like, what does it mean to be a man as a Christian, to produce more content for young, ambitious Christian guys. Although our audience kind of varies, we actually have some super fans that are women also. So it's not just for guys. <laughs> a lot of it was us talking, covering a lot of topics, then we started bringing in more guests and interviews. And then more recently, we kind of switched up the format. And now we do sort of bi-weekly, monthly updates. And we'll also bring in some smart people mm-hmm. to talk as well. Right on. You know, and that's one of several reasons why I wanted you to join us and, and be here. And part of it is uh, Sarah and I have had the beginnings of conversations, both on the podcast and just hanging out. And we're all about sharing your faith in, in a way that God made you. Well, he made you generationally too, right? Mm-hmm. So there is a difference that I'd like to dig into with millennials, like the other three people people in the room with me (laughs) and the boomer 
right in the smack in the middle of the boomers. There's some uh, uniqueness mm-hmm. to how we share our faith and and what might be effective. The word of God doesn't change. The gospel doesn't change. But the way that we frame the message and the way that we relate to each other is different. I looked up some just kind of fun differences between millennials and boomers. And of course, there's tons of like historical things. I was reading online that the boomer generation remembers a time when you got mail twice a day. Is that a thing? Twice. I got a newspaper (laughs) twice a day. I don't personally remember like mail twice a day. Yeah. Oh, that was Pony Express. That's a different the generation. Pony. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, I read that and I was like, what? That's no, we wild. did have a morning and evening newspaper here, right? We had the Union Tribune and one wow. was in the evening, one was in the I morning. I had a paper bike that weighed more than me when it was loaded down. So I uh, remember the paper people being the people you avoided with your mom in Walmart as you were leaving. That's how I remember the paper <laughs> people for the most part. Those are the Hare Krishna. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know what that is. (laughs) It's a different episode. But anyways, some fun things that I saw, and these were just funny things at work, just differences. There was a tweet, and it says, Boomers say work harder. Millennials say play smarter. Hmm. And then this one made me laugh. I felt attacked, which is probably a millennial phrase, is (laughs) the work schedule of a boomer versus a millennial. So boomers, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., But millennials, Monday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Tuesday, 2 p.m. to 12 a.m. Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Thursday, 3 a.m. to 2 p.m. Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. My exact week. (laughs) (laughs) This is Jeremy's schedule. I'm feeling attacked too because all you boomers that are listening out there, you know what she said. She said we work nine to five. We work eight to five. Oh, so, sorry. Come on. You guys take the hour break for lunch? No, we just slop it up right there at the workstation and work harder. <laughs> That's right. So those are kind of some fun differences. Also, another difference I read is millennials are more likely to not work the same job forever and ever. Mm-hmm. They yeah. switch jobs usually about one to three years. Yeah. Do you guys feel like that's true for you? Have you switched a lot? Well, I, I feel like it's like impossible to keep the same job forever now. It's just <laughs> yeah. like if you're doing the same thing forever, you're working for the government or uh, you're doing some job that like shouldn't even exist anymore. It's just like, how can you do the same job forever? The world changes so fast. So I feel like there's a lot of knocks on like millennials and Gen Z for like, oh, they're job hoppers. They're always looking for meaning. I was like, just do your work. But I think that there's some duality there of, well, it's actually culture changing, work changing, and it's sort of more fact than it is um and it's fiction. Mm-hmm. All boomers aren't the same. Some people know how to program their phone or whatever. Uh, who are program 60. your phone? Yeah. <laughs> what does that you mean? You I don't know how to program your phone. I don't know how to program right a on. phone. Oh my gosh! Where's my phone? I'll show you. <laughs> but the thing is, like, I'm from Tony Gwynn. You spend your career in San Diego. You're loyal and you stick with it for a long period of time. I don't see that hit on millennials. I see that the millennials that I know, that I hang out with, accomplish things. They they produce things. They're makers. They create. And this is my perception, and it's the people I hang out with that I choose to. I think that's something that's core to many millennials is to be part of a mission bigger than themselves that that's an element of it. Is that true? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think one big difference, I was asking Connie on the way over here about like the prompt you guys gave us about millennials versus, you know, boomers and Gen Z and Gen X. A big difference is millennials, like you said, want to be a part of something big, but I think they also, they want to be happy in what they're doing. They want to enjoy what they're doing. I think previous generations are much better at just like putting your head down, just working, just doing like what's hard. So I think kind of going in hand with like enjoying the work, also like being behind a big mission. I have a question that I thought of with the whole like, okay, we switch jobs, 
jobs a lot because we're looking for meaning, that kind of thing. With the way we see kind of the whole deconstruction movement and people kind of phasing in and out of church life, do you think that has something to do with it? Are they connected in any sort of way, even though we might not be able to statistically or scientifically make that connection? But is there something there that like, hey, we're not as loyal. We're always trying to figure new things out. Hmm. So I think that like trying to find meaning and trying to like enjoy what you do or um, whatever that is, I think that's good and it's bad. I think it's bad because you can forever bounce around. Like I think you, in, in every position you're in, you're, at some point you're going to feel like unfulfilled or un, like you're not going to find exactly what you're looking for. But on the flip side, I think it can be a bad thing to s- sit in one position for a long time without feeling fulfilled or feeling you're enjoying what you're doing or whether it's a part of a church, whatever it is. There's a pros and cons to both sides of that question. Yeah, there's a duality there for sure. I think on the on the church side of things, there's probably some like microwave culture where like my church isn't working for me. I'll just go mm-hmm. find another one yeah. or I don't like this one little thing. I'm a nitpick and I'm just going to check out because I don't agree with there i don't like it but i think on the flip side too like there's something to being adaptable and i think that what's really important for a lot of people these days is people want to feel heard and and listened to and understood just anecdotally from friends i've had or people that i've known who have you know not been in church as often or has kind of stepped away from ministry or just sort of like the church community is that they just maybe feel disconnected in some way the connection maybe is uh is different than what it used to look like 20 years ago where sort of where you got your community was who you saw in person and now things are digital now your friends you know live far away they might live in a different part of town might be a lot more spread out a lot more is just kind of like online or even through casual meetups rather than like sunday like the big day it's a lot of cultural changes you know it's not so much generational although obviously generations have a lot to do with the culture but i think it's just the way that we live now is a lot different mm-hmm. i agree with that it's like so many things and even theologically between different denominations and churches and stuff like that if we find our point of commonality if we find what's great about this person that's approaching things differently than I am. It's that unity, which is absolutely critical. Francis Chan just has a new book that released, and it's Until Unity. Unity is crazy, crazy important. And some people go, well, I'm not going to sacrifice the truth for unity. God doesn't want me to do that. And if you do a deep study on how important unity was, whether it's generational or just in the body of Christ in general, if you read John 17, when you're eavesdropping on the son talking to the father about how much he wants us to be one. Um, that's one of the things that I think is is wonderful and exciting and I'm so optimistic about the future because our church is a combination of you guys and me. It's that multi-generational thing and it's moving in the right direction and it, there's some real life there and we can really learn from each other. I mean, if you look on YouTube and you search boomer millennial humor so much of it is just negative and basing on the other and there's a lot to base on on us yeah so Corey, something you said you talk to people and they'll say like hey i'm not feeling connected anymore to church type thing i think that's something i hear too as well and is common in our age group because we're all in our 20s and stuff what do you say to them in those moments like where they're starting to feel that disconnection i've seen too it kind of translates they're feeling disconnected from god as well so i'd love to hear like some things that you share with them yeah i've been a really big fan of small groups and home groups and even just like having really close friendships because if you really think about like okay what is the church it's the body of christ it's the people in the church the way that sort of that community happens and people interact can look all 
sorts of different ways. It can be on Sunday mornings. It can be on Wednesday nights. It can be one-on-one with someone in a coffee, in the coffee bar, or anywhere else. Like It's just a matter of being in communion with other believers, with other Christians. Some people might be, at least in this instance, you know, that might be a little bit turned off to like the format of church today, mm. not necessarily the people in the church. So find a different format. Talk with people one-on-one, ask to hang out, put together a little you know, small group where you get together. I do a, a book club with two of my close friends. Every Friday morning, we used to meet at coffee shops every morning uh, weekly, and now we just do Zoom calls because it's easier and it's more convenient. And so I always tell people, just find you know what works for you, even if it's not a traditional form of church. Mm-hmm. It would be great if the church could also facilitate that, or if there is something that's offered, there might not always be. That's not an excuse for someone to just check out or just to disconnect and walk away just because there isn't the exact format that works for them. In my mind, I think church can fulfill like three needs, uh, like worshiping, teaching, and then fellowship. It's okay if you can't get all of those in one setting. So maybe on yes. Sunday mornings, you're, you're getting you know the corporate worship, right? And then maybe your small group, you have more broken down teaching and good fellowship, right? So I think for me, when people talk about like feeling unconnected at church, I think about like the different types of church, not types of church, but you know, different um, ways we have church. So Sundays and small groups and like one-on-one community. Sarah, I'm really glad you brought that up. How many conversations do you have with people that don't have a Christian worldview or are de-churched like we're talking about? What are those conversations like? For me, they're not as like frank as that. So I'm in like the wedding and events industry. So I deal with a lot of people, the way that I touch them with Jesus, my way that I let them know like my beliefs and who I am is by the way that I just communicate with them, whether it's over email or the phone or in person, like speaking with joy and certain kind of confidence that's not arrogant, but that's a comfortable with who I am. In regards to like frank conversations about issues they're having or different beliefs, I don't honestly get into a whole lot. Well, and it's interesting too, because you know, you're both business people. Mm-hmm. And so how do we navigate that line? And that's part of what we try to help people with who are listening right now. I mean, I always joke with Jeremy because they tell him that half my job is just tweeting. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <Because> quite literally, <laughs> that is part of it. It's just having a presence online and, and teaching and basically just creating a lot of content online. And so my like persona interactions with a lot of people is from an avatar. It's from a, a quick you know comment or DM somewhere uh, or it might be a Zoom call finally after a few of those kinds of interactions with someone. It's interesting because a while back I had someone who I wouldn't consider a friend. We've chatted a few times and if you've sort of been online, you meet random people and that's like a really normal thing for a lot of people now, but it's still like a very new thing. A lot of people I know and consider friends now are people that I just met online just through places like Twitter. And so this one person in particular, we just, you know, finally said, hey, we should hop on a Zoom call. We should chat, get to know each other better. And so hopped on and we talked an hour and a half. And right towards the end, you know, I was telling him he was in the UK. And so it was really late, late for him. It was like midnight. It's like, hey, I know you probably want to go to bed. You know, he's like, oh, but you know, one more question. I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, he's like, are you a Christian? And I was like, yeah, like, why, why do you ask? <laughs> well, I don't know. I just, I've seen certain things. Like I kind of leave clues around on my personal website. Mm. I recommend books like Mere Christianity and The Realist Elimination of Her was one of our favorites. Uh, other books like that or certain things I'll say, I'll mention Cultivate and Keep sometimes on Twitter, although not very often. But I'll just kind of like leave these little digital clues here and there. And so he mentioned, he's like, hey, I saw that you recommended Mere Christianity. I was just wondering what your thoughts are on it. And so that allowed me to kind of, oh, that's amazing. Like one of my favorite books. I love it because X, Y, and Z, I feel like he really takes away a lot of the like cliche Christianity and breaks things down to really almost like poetic form of what it means to be a Christian. And so I told him, here's my faith. Here's my experience. I gave him a little bit of my testimony. And he said, I really appreciate you sharing that because I feel like I don't talk to anyone about like religion or or faith at all these days. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like you were like a safe person to talk to. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's Whoa. like like the nicest thing you could ever say. Sometimes you hear like, oh, if 
you just carry yourself in a certain way, you live in a certain way, then like people will know that you're a Christian. I think I really discounted that for a long time because it just never happened. Now, I think through all the work that I do online and all these clues that I leave, I try really, really hard to put on a persona and build a reputation as someone who is super, super kind and trustworthy and safe to talk to, mm -hmm. reasonable, not emotional, isn't, you know, creating strife so that I can have those types of conversations. And um, so that's just, that's like a really like visible example of that. I have a lot of Christians now who reach out to me and say, hey, I, I think you're a Christian, right? And I'm like, yeah. And so then we connect and, oh, it's amazing to know someone else in tech who's a Christian or, you know, someone who's just, uh, oh, I know that this person might have an interesting, or they're talking about me, an interesting perspective on this. And so they'll loop me into that conversation there. I think that the big thing is, like Jeremy's saying, is just the way that you present yourself actually is like a really good mirror to who God is. If you're kind of a, a jerk and then you try to evangelize, like there's nothing that's happen it's how do you build a relationship and how do you most importantly how do you build trust with someone and if you can do a lot of that groundwork and then someone gets to know that you're a christian it's a much different perspective from their angle in business and in work i think most people are in a hurry i think they're stressed out a lot going on and like Corey's saying like if you just build this persona this like this reputation of someone that is different i think there will be opportunities when the pandemic first hit last year i'm in the event industry right and so most people were extremely stressed and scared and i know so many like coordinators and managers photographers that like lost tons of you know income and jobs and all this stuff and so everyone's freaking out and I have this one client that I work with they own several venues they emailed me saying hey we're putting together like this blog we want to somehow reassure and, and encourage people industry professionals that are having a hard time right now so do you mind writing like a little blog how you can encourage them and so I use that time to like not in like an obnoxious like bold way but I wanted to just get very clear my beliefs and who I am and why I felt okay in this time and so I just shared out I'm Christian like I wrote very clearly why I'm confident in this circumstance you know not being afraid about what's going on, but trusting God to really take care of me and my business. And anyway, I wrote that um, little blog for them, whatever. And I had several different coordinators that I work with reach out to me, thanking me for that encouragement. I wouldn't have had that opportunity to write that blog if I wasn't good to those people. If I didn't have a good connection with that with those managers, they wouldn't have asked me to write it. And so I think part of that is just the way you live. And I think one of the keys, and you both touched on it, but you said it directly, that guy, your new friend in England, he said, I felt safe to talk to you about mm. this. That's a big key. I think it's a big key with all humans, but I know especially even for me personally, like when I feel safe, when I have a question or whatever, to bring it out to someone. And the way I determine some if someone's safe is by the way I see them talking to others is by the way they're posting on the internet. What jokes are they laughing at? What jokes are they saying? What are they posting about? Those kinds of things, they're little things, but the more like just friendly and kind you are in those things, not attacking others and things like that, it creates this sense of trust and safety so that when those conversations can start to happen, that person will actually want to mm -hmm. hear from you. Absolutely. This transcends boomers and, and millennials for sure. What you're saying is just so crystal clear to me. It is act like Jesus and live a life that compels questions. And so many Christians, and one of the things that I try to discourage and help with is, it's like they're battling sinners. They're at war yeah, with yeah. unbelievers. And mm -hmm. it's not that kind of war. It's not flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. You get into somebody's life, earn their trust and confidence, you're going to have an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Then you have to step into it like both of you in your examples did. I'm still very active in the Chamber of Commerce and everything. And when I got there, 
there were secret Christians. They were afraid in the Chamber of Commerce what would happen if they talked about their faith or not. Well, I can't hide it. Dude's a pastor. The church is paying him. But I played well with others like you guys are talking about. And I earned some trust and some relationships and some mm. people that I really, truly love who love me right back who do not have a Christian worldview. And it gives you opportunity to step into that. I think the other key too is that people want to have these conversations. People are a lot more interested than we think that they are. Those moments can come when we lay that groundwork, kind of that sowing and reaping thing where we're sowing in and we're hoping that one day it will reap. Jesus said, the workers are few, but the harvest is ripe. I think a lot of times we focus on, oh, the workers are so few, like we're just all, ah, there's not enough workers. And we miss the fact that Jesus said, the harvest is ripe, that there are people out there that are ready and waiting and wanting to hear it. Mm -hmm. I've been thinking more about it for whatever reason probably a god thing but there's some interesting like just the way things are it's so different from the way they used to be if you look at like the political arena right now it's mm-hmm. just like everything is so like polarized and combative and like i said it's a battle it's believers against unbelievers and it's republicans against democrats and like all this and everyone is kind of just like ready to jump and punch back basically but if you can be moderate and kind then you're different the same thing as um i think we we both grew up maybe i was more aware of it than than you maybe because of my family but we both grew up in sort of like an age like it was like the 2000s to 2010s was all about like atheism it was like everyone was just god isn't real religion is dumb go do your own thing i don't think that's the case anymore at all i think that millennials and especially gen z too like kind of this next generation are very spiritual and they're very open to having those conversations if they feel safe and trusted and there's a relationship there. There's a lot of, you know, wacky stuff. What's really big with Gen Z, if you look, is crystals and horoscopes and uh, social justice and a lot of political issues at hand. Sexual and and preference and and pronouns and identity, like, these are all very big, pressing things. Even things like uh, mental health and suicide and depression in general, like, those are things that are, like, heavily weighing on their hearts, but you can't come at them with a combative attitude. And it is through kind of, like, these indirect ways rather than direct. So, if you're just out there like pushing a propaganda, whether it's the right propaganda or not, it's just not going to land the same way as if you were to do things much more kind, kind of indirect way, maybe leaving those those clues. I love what you said. And I think that in every different business environment, you can bring your faith into it. And it's different and it looks different. I mean, you can leave clues if you're working in a warehouse and then somebody's going to ask a question. And the thing is, is that you're teaming up with the Holy Spirit. Okay. So you got a good teammate who's going to draw these people to himself. I got to tell you, one thing that kind of fires me up is, so let's say that you really focus on the fact that as church, as Christians, we live live in a dark and perverse generation. And so we're battling this perverse generation. The deal is for me, I'm not big enough to battle a perverse generation. What I'm big enough to do is talk to a person Mm -hmm. who Jesus died for, who may be completely different than me. And it's just one individual. That's what we've got. And that's what we should focus on. And that isn't a war. Reaching out with the love and kindness of God, no matter what context you're in, Christians need to be in the conversation. Like you said, people, everybody almost wants to have spiritual conversations, wants to engage in them. And Christians need to find that way Mm -hmm. to have those decent, meaningful conversations with people. That's really, really important 
important today, especially we in our little book club, we read another book. Lecrae wrote the forward to, it's called The Color of Compromise, about the history of the black community in America and slavery and all the different dynamics of you know social justice and social reform and change. That really, really gave me a lot of empathy and also a lot of perspective. Monique and I are going through a new book right now called How Not to Read the Bible. It's about all the big political and social, spiritual issues that people bring up in objection to Christianity in the Bible. It's a really like technical exploration of how to have a conversation about those things. Those types of things where you're cutting edge of culture and issues, just knowing how to be well-spoken and articulate yourself about them goes a long way rather than just sort of saying the same old stuff and being a Bible thumper and bringing up verses where you can actually have a conversation with someone about it in an intelligent way. You know, I'm trying to remember who said it. It It really impacted me. People find it very convenient to have a point of view without having any information, a lot of that going on. We're guilty of that too, as Christians. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's who I, I'm taking it to myself, that if you're going to get in that conversation, you should be digging in. And that's what's cool about decent conversation is that you can learn stuff together. You can work through a thing together. Being a millennial, I feel like I've experienced a lot of people talking down, like not down down to me specifically, but of millennials, specifically boomers. You seem to do the opposite of that. I think you you seem really interested in in who we are and what we do. And I'm just curious on how it's that way for you. Like, how are you not like critical of millennials or Gen Z or Gen, you know, how are you so encouraging and so insightful and you want to understand a bit more of our perspective? Honestly, I've never experienced that from a boomer. Wow. Honestly, I mean, not be a core. I've never. Yeah. Well, Christians are maybe less guilty of this, but just when. I had an interesting conversation with uh, an older man who was very, very condescending when I told him my age. It was like the conversation completely mm-hmm. flipped. I would think the beard would trick him. That that has been my trick. You know? <laughs> I thought so. When I was you know, 20, 21, trying to break into the whole world of tech, and I didn't want people to know my age, and so the beard definitely helped, but that's been my... Now I don't have to as much. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Well, number one, I for a long time, I remember being the youngest guy in the room. I remember going after stuff in the same way you guys are, entrepreneurial and going after it. And I, you know, was 21 and I looked like I was 16. I would just make up with that because I understand, you know, the condescension and everything. I would make up with it with energy and saying, I don't have all the answers. I can go find them. Let's go. And doing good work. But I think I have this predisposition to appreciating interesting people, people that know more than I do, people who are different than I am. And I have a predisposition to not really wanting to hang out with boring. It's because I get energized by people. I appreciate them. I'm in it to learn. You can learn from some old guys, but man, you can learn so much these days, especially the speed that we're traveling at. I think what you're getting is a a bad rap because they're generalizing to a large group, a very diverse Mm -hmm. group of people. Millennials are a lot of different things, like boomers are a lot of different things. But what you're getting is you're getting pride and, and disrespect coming at you. And there's just no place for that. So thanks for asking that. And I appreciate that's the way I come across. I, I try to be, I hope. I am. There's a, always a, a generational war. It's not a new thing. Like this has happened. Oh yeah, always for every generation. Yeah, I find myself like looking at Gen Z. Like, who are you guys? That's exactly like, what I was yeah, going to bring up. Time, yeah. I have to catch myself because I want to stereotype and generalize and sort of have a thing. But that's how people saw me. And also, I don't think that I'm right. 
you know, maybe I'm wrong about Ooh. this group of people. Maybe there's something here and there's, you know, there's always that duality. A lot of times it's easy to see just like what's wrong or to be critical, but also what are the good things that are happening? I think that some things we brought up earlier about even us as millennials have been a little bit more on the individualistic, atheistic side of things. Gen Z is not like that at all. They're very collective and community driven and spiritual as well, which is a huge opportunity. And that's the strength of that generation's culture. The field is ripe. So hopefully I have represented the boomers in a good way here. <laughs> Kevin Miller, friend Absolutely. of millennials. And man, I so like appreciate you. having, oh, thank you. The feeling is mutual. And I like your wives a lot too. I really do. Yeah, they're good people. I like her too. Yeah. And Monique, yeah. Same, 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 same. Okay, good. And now it's public and everything, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, I think this episode has been great. And I think key takeaways is to remember the field is ripe. Yes. You know, the harvest is ripe, that people want to have those conversations. And our everyday actions, the way we treat them is how we really can lay the groundwork for those conversations and create that feeling of safety where we get that open door where we can share and hear and things like that. We'd love to know what you thought of today's episode. Like we read the review at the beginning. Maybe we'll pick your review or some words you have to share with us at the beginning. Send us those on Instagram, which is sent underscore 315. In our bio, there's a link on our Instagram where you can get all the links to our resource page on our website. You can email us from there. You can also jump into our Facebook community where we talk every week, interact with you live in real life. As always, cool. it's it's intended to be a conversation. And so we love it when we hear from our people like we are. I guess for me, the final thing is in 2019, the millennials passed up <laughs> the boomers in population. So boomers, listen to me. There is more of them than us, mostly because we gave birth to them and many of our friends are dying off. So get together, take a millennial to coffee and listen and listen to each other. And remember that together, all of us are sent. <laughs>